Deutsche Welle. Learning by ear. Listen up. Shape your future. Hey everyone. Hey Alphonse. Hi Philomen. Today our Learning by Ear program about civil society and participation is looking at advertising. Really? But what's there to say about advertising? Well, I don't know if you've noticed, but there is advertising everywhere. That's true. There are billboards in the streets, adverts on television, on radio, and even on, on clothes. When a brand name is plastered across a sweatshirt, for example. Okay, so here we go. A program without any commercial breaks. <laughs> yeah, and we are off to South Africa. And if I like it, I will buy it. And it make you look famous. I spend a lot of money, and I don't normally uh, think before I spend it. I don't think whether I could use it for the next day or not. So I'm very lavish when it comes to money. It's mostly like to fit in with a crowd. Young people in Africa or elsewhere are a particular target group for advertisers. Most fashionable brands use advertising to get young people to buy or consume their goods. They run commercials on the radio, on television, in newspapers. Or on the internet, Danny Voss is the head of Red Cube, an advertising agency in Johannesburg. She explains openly how marketing methods are used to seduce young people. Once we have the brand strategy, we come up with a creative campaign that will create an environment to connect the brand with with the consumer. We then come up with the campaign idea. Usually, the campaign idea must be something that creates talkability. And once you have the talkability factor, to add that into a publicity environment makes it so much easier. So it gives the media something to talk about, write about. So it's about young people living their dreams, being famous. That would be the way to capture them. Often young people want to belong to a group, whether at school or in their district or their family. Sometimes they think that fashionable brands can help them gain popularity with people they like or admire, especially when it comes to clothes. Danny Voss. There are some marketing terms that one uses, uh, things like pester power, um, which is sort of relates to the child pestering their parents to purchase the product. They are strongly influenced by their peers, um, and the brands that they adopt will be brands that their friends like too. Although they like to see themselves as individuals, at the end of the day, they're very much a group. Brands are very aspirational. You'd be surprised that brands that they love would be sort of adult brands like BMW comes out very strongly, um, and then brands like MTV and Coca-Cola and, and all the brands that have a very strong lifestyle attachment. Danny Voss's agency is certain that the American Dream Machine still exists and continues to have a huge influence, especially on young South Africans. Stimuli is, is obviously again focused on that lifestyle through movies and TV, at Hollywood lifestyle. They want fame, and it all relates to wealth at the end of the day. Celebrities are very important to them. The marketing strategies employed by Danny Voss and her colleagues or competitors seem to bear fruit. Shannon Naido is just one of the fashion victims on the streets of Durban. This 22-year-old nurse, who keeps up to date by reading the latest fashion magazines, is glad that his style pleases others. It's because of the attention. People stare. They notice you make an appearance. There's a factor in the fact that I can create that attention simply by wearing something that other people want to have but just can't have, and the fact that I can have it. Junaid Ahmed Shabli is another young man in Durban. He says he would rather prefer to save up to buy some fashionable trainers. Then buy bread. It makes you look good. It's a quality that you can trust. Whatever makes me feel comfortable, I use it. So I like using all name brand stuff. Yeah, but these brands are expensive, 
And in Africa, not everyone can afford to buy these goods. Nor in Europe. But what you're saying tallies with what Professor Kayan Tomaselli from the University of KwaZulu-Natal in Durban believes. He's an expert on media discourse analysis. A brand is the ideology that the advertising industry uses to persuade us to buy a product that we probably don't need with money we probably haven't got uh, to do something that we don't actually need to do. They're selling images, they're not selling products. The product is the conveyor, it's the vehicle which carries the brand, the image, the message. Given the masses of advertising, Professor Kayan Tomaselli is not surprised that young people give in to the many temptations. He has some advice for them. Only buy what you need. Use advertising to make appropriate selections. Don't just buy because you can't. Think about how to spend your money. Think how to invest it. Think how to use it. Buy what you need. Do not buy what you don't need. Stay out of debt. Indeed. Someone living above his or her means might end up in a spiral of debt. Advertising is tempting, but it can be dangerous. Professor Kayan again. People will kill to get a BMW, and they literally do. They can't afford it. They don't need it. Why? I mean, a BMW is a motor car, like any other motor car. It gets you from A to B because people are buying the brand. People get into debt because they buy things they can't afford, because they're buying an image. They're not buying the products. But isn't it also the duty of advertisers to warn young people, or at least educate them a little bit to be selective? Well, that's what Danny Voss from the Red Cube Agency says, although she adds that the job of advertisers is to sell, not to develop the critical sense of consumers. Nonetheless... Marketers have a, have a responsibility to communicate values and encourage self-control within the markets. And I would think that most marketers would stay away from beauty and, and sex and things that wouldn't communicate the right values about the brand. But there's plenty of beauty and sex in advertising. We'll talk about that in a minute, little bro. <laughs> more and more people are speaking out against the omnipresence of advertising and the disastrous consequences it can have from an economic and social point of view on those who fall under its charm, not only young people. I've been wondering how long advertising has been around for. Oh, it's nothing new, Alphonse. Even in ancient times, there were frescoes proclaiming the merits of certain public figures or advertising sporting events. They are the ancestors of posters, really. Ah, and when did the sort of poster we are used to first come into being? In Europe, they first emerged during the Renaissance, towards the end of the Middle Ages, the 15th and 16th centuries. The authorities started promoting the decisions they had made with posters. Before then, they were mainly criers. But advertising posters, which did not only have a message, but also had pictures or paintings, only really became popular at the end of the 18th century. Ah, but these days there's more to advertising than posters. Earlier, radio and television adverts were mentioned. Even packaging is important, Alphonse. Brands are giving more and more attention to how their goods are packaged. Because good packaging and presentation makes you want to buy stuff. What sectors advertise the most in Africa? It used to be the food sector, but that's been overtaken by the telecommunications industry and by banks and real estate companies. Hmm. There's something that surprised me earlier on when the Durban professor was talking. Oh, you mean Kayan Tomaselli? Yes. He made a link between advertising and debts. I don't really understand the relationship. Well, you see, Alphonse, the problem with advertising is that all the brands try to impress on people that they are the best and that their goods are indispensable. And so... So, if you believe all these messages, then you will always want to consume, to buy. You end up buying stuff you don't need at all or you could very well do without. 
Oh, that's what the professor was also saying. So we have to look at all these messages with a bit of distance? Exactly. Because most people don't earn enough money to satisfy all their desires. Sis, mm-hmm. I've got one last question. At the end of the report, we heard that more and more people are criticizing advertising in public. Yes, but there are still not that many. In South Africa, the advertising industry is booming, triggered by two things in particular, the emergence of a wealthier middle class and the football World Cup. So this isn't the case in all African countries? No. Even if the tentacles of advertising are reaching further and further afield, especially in the cities, of course, talking about criticism, in Europe, over the past 15 years or so, anti-advertising committees have cropped up. They criticize the omnipresence of advertising because they are worried about their incessant pressure to consume. They also denounce the privatization of public space. You mean they think advertising is a kind of visual or audio pollution that infringes on their freedom? Basically, yes. They are reclaiming the right to take a walk without always being accosted by massive advertising billboards. You've just heard a learning by ear program on the subject of civil society and political commitment, today with a focus on advertisement. If you want to listen to the program again, or other programs of this series, or even to send us your feedback, go to www.dw-world.de. Thanks for listening and don't forget to tune in again next time. <music>